I'm your host, Kate Reeves, along with my co-host, Gemma Peanut. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I hope everyone's got a body with a potty. Hey, y'all, we're like heading to the back end of the year now. It's like Christmas is coming. Like, how are we in October? I can't handle this. What the hell? I know. You know, I went into a dares the other day. Oh, yeah. They've just straight up skipped Halloween and gone straight into Christmas. It's not like anyone does spooky bedding. I don't know, but they were erecting a Christmas tree and I was not okay with it. Yeah, over in Temple and Websterland, the tree skirts are out, you know, the the Christmas rugs are rolling out. Not okay. Every fucking year, we just sound older and older. We're like, oh my God, how did another year roll by? That's just how it goes. Let's just just call ourselves boomers now. Hey, who called the Bestie Hotline today, Chum? Let's check in with a fellow DL with a dilemma and let's attempt, and probably fail, to turn it into Dilemonade. Hey besties, I love the pod. I'm not a mum, but it's just awesome. The content you guys put out is incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm coming to you with a dilemma today regarding work. Recently, I was promoted to executive assistant and I'm managing an administration team, but I am struggling really badly with imposter syndrome. I feel like I go to work and I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm failing my team and I'm a lot younger than all of the ladies that I manage. I'm only 26 and I just wanted to see if you guys had any advice for me, if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome and just, yeah, how to deal with it. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling dread before I go to work and I hate that because I really, really love my job. I love the place that I work and the people I work with are incredible. Uh, I hope you can help. Thank you so much. Imposter syndrome. Have we experienced imposter syndrome? Lol. Lol. Of course. I feel like we should share for context. Um, we get a lot of DMs about imposter syndrome. We don't actually often share them. Like it's mm. not. And every time I do an AMA or I'll kind of like check in on stories, I get inundated mm. with things about imposter syndrome. And I, I often push them away and don't gravitate towards them because I don't like giving it oxygen. Yeah. Which I don't know what that's about, but like it's such an inherently female problem. Yeah. You know? And I reckon I've got some insight into why you push it away. Okay. I think it's because you've experienced imposter syndrome. You've dealt with it you continue to work on it as a practice and it's Mm. kind of like something that isn't prevalent in your life anymore. Mm. So maybe when those questions creep up for you, you're kind of in a space of like, oh, I don't actually know the tools because you've kind of worked through it and you're out the other side in a way, which it doesn't make sense because it's like, well, then you tell us the tools. But I feel like it's something you handled so long ago. Yeah. That you've almost forgotten. Because I feel the same in some ways. Definitely felt imposter syndrome hardcore in my early 20s. I don't know why. I just think I've had weird moments of blind courage and just felt the fear that we all feel and just did it anyway. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, it's there's kind of only one answer to this stuff. Well, 
there's a few parts to it, right? First of all, no one thinks they know everything. No one actually thinks they're really good. No one thinks they, they've got, they're on top of it all. No one's like, yep, totally know how to do absolutely everything in my job. Totally got this. No one, no one thinks that. If they do think that, they probably should get a bit of a reality check. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. None of us know everything. None and of us. no one is immune to imposter syndrome. Like no one. And also no one's immune to mistakes. Yeah. You know, and to fucking up and to getting something wrong. My philosophy has always been, since I was pretty young, fake it till you make it. And just keep faking it. And then one day you kind of realize you're not faking it anymore. And you go, oh, I think I know my shit now. <laughs> like, yeah. And you'll be in a meeting and there'll be people younger than you or juniors that have come through or whatever. And like, this is hard. She's young. She's 26 and she's managing people who are older than her. That's, that's hard. That's a dynamic that is tricky. I can relate to that from my days as a theater director. I was almost always the youngest person in the room and then also the boss. And it's tricky because you're like, mm. ooh, where do I have to be like deferential and have respect? And where do I need to like own this situation and be the captain of the ship? It's a tricky, such a tricky dynamic line to walk. Yeah. And especially in the theater world, Revs, you were dealing with a lot of egos. A lot of ego in the room and like, I'll tell you what doesn't serve anyone is you not being the boss. Mm. Think about yourself when you've had, when you're being led or when you have a leader and you're, you've got a boss, what you don't want is to like feel unsure or wishy-washy or like they're respecting you too much and you don't know what the boundaries are. Like the best thing you can do for everyone, including yourself, but let's just put it onto other people and take it off yourself. Cause clearly it's un- an uncomfortable space for you, DL. Like, they want to be led. They want to be told what to do. They want to have clear expectations of what's required of them. And so you're actually doing them a favor to boss up and like be really, really clear. Yeah. People love a strong captain of the ship. No one yep. wants to be steering around aimlessly, rudderless, not really knowing where they're going. Be their compass. And you can do it in a nice way. Yeah, be yourself. Like be yeah. friendly, all the things. But like just have like really clear systems. And if she's an executive assistant, sounds like she's fucking organized. And like now she's managing managing an admin team. So like she must be an absolute organized boss. So that like harness what you love because she says she loves her job, and yeah. loves the people she works with. Tick, tick. Love that. Harness that energy and like use it to make everyone feel super comfortable and accountable and across everything that has to be done. Can we go back to the faking it till you make it mentality? Because Mm. I honestly think there are two types of people. There are people who are faking it till they make it without consciously being aware. As you said, Revs, there's no one in the world who's like, I know everything. I've got my shit together. I'm walking into this job knowing exactly how it's all going to play out. It's always the unknowns that breed anxiety. And I just think there are some personalities that don't lean into that anxiety and give it airtime in their brain space and they just get on with it. And then there are other people who sit there and let that anxiety fester and grow and take over. And then suddenly you're thinking about everything going wrong when really it's not in human nature, but we should do it more. But actually think about all the things that could go right. Like say for a minute, we think about leading with success like leading a team and everyone loving your leadership and loving you as a boss and you getting to do really impactful work, not just in the job, but in your team around you and going home feeling fulfilled. That is also a reality. But for some reason, we don't lend our thoughts to that. We lend our thoughts to disaster town. So 
may I suggest thinking about all the things that could go right for you? Because it sounds like you've got everything there ready for you to lead this team and the job that you work at have put trust and faith in you. So lead with that, lead with the confidence of knowing that there are people in higher places that are backing you in this job. And also that's so true. Like it's the unknowns that unseat us. Like it's, it's only when there is like wobbly things or you don't know what's coming or the idea of that something could upset you and you won't know how to handle it. So I would just look at the past and look for evidence of times you haven't been able to handle something. I bet when you look back on things that have cropped up, problems that needed to be solved, I bet you've solved them. And so you might not know what problems are going to come at you in the future, but what you can know is like in the past, when I got hit with this trouble, I handled it. So I'll do it in the future and try not to like sweat the stuff that hasn't happened yet. And GP. I just want to say like like, absolutely fucking everyone is faking it. (laughs) They really are. Talk to anyone at any age. They all feel 22. We all feel 22. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're 45, 78, 85, 92. You feel 22. We're all kind of stuck there thinking like, when did I get old? When did I get good? When did I get senior in this organization? When did I get like, when did it happen? Because, you know, we're all making it up. That's a brutal reality though when you go fuck when did I get senior oh wait I'm like mid-30s yeah I'm kind of old when I was in my 20s looking at someone in a job that I wanted who was in their mid-30s I was like well yeah they have that job because they're old well we're there we're there and you know what 26 is young yeah I get it I get I get that tricky dynamic for sure but another analogy that I always liked which I found helpful dealing with anxiety or bouts of imposter syndrome is someone told me that leaning into those feelings is like walking around with an umbrella open on a sunny day waiting for it to rain. So I say close that umbrella and you can open the umbrella when it rains. If and when you need it. Exactly. So go into this exciting new role assuming the sun is shining. And when it rains, you're just going to pop out that umbrella and you're going to troubleshoot all the problems that come your way. You just will. That is also part of your job. Also, this is a massive moment for your story, not to get too lofty about it, but like if this is your first leadership role and your first time managing a team, you'll look back on this job for the rest of your career because this is a really big first step and it will actually be pivotal. You're going to learn so much in the next couple of years. And when you're in like three jobs on from this, you'll look back at this job and have gleaned so much about your leadership style, how you handle things, how you troubleshoot, what what you learned from this job. So like, I don't know, maybe knowing that is some kind of little comfort that, to get you through. Absolutely. And can I add another little reframe? The fact that you're worried means you fucking care. Yeah. Like how good that you care. You care to do well in this new role. You care to impress your bosses, impress your team, not let anyone down. You give a shit and giving a shit is cool. No quiet quitting here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think get excited, DL. Yeah. And also, congrats. Congrats, babe. Congrats. Congrats. More cheeky babes to the front, I say. Absolutely. And you know what? The people who are under you are probably stoked. (laughs) They're like, great, I don't have to do that. They're the quiet (laughs) quitters. They're the quiet quitters. They're like, sweet, DL's got it out front. She knows what we're doing. I'll just show up and do what I'm taught. Like, you know, everyone has their place. And I bet, don't assume people aren't comfortable where they are. Just, you just own your shit, own your lane, do your part. Everything will hum along as a team. Hungy P, baby. Rapsy. Love a little work dilemma. Yeah, it's so nice that we addressed imposter syndrome because we have been skirting this topic mm. a bit. 
It comes up a lot. Yeah, it really does. And I do think, I think it was fair for me to say, wouldn't you agree, Revs, that we have worked through those things. We're very good at just getting shit done. Now, it took a long time. Absolutely. I will never forget, and forgive me if I've shared this anecdote before and I've forgotten because we've recorded 90-something episodes of this podcast, but the first time I shot a wedding, I lied. I said I was a wedding photographer and it was one of those beautiful gifts of a scenario that landed on my lap where someone's wedding photographer canceled last minute and then one of her friends was like, I know someone who's a photographer. I'm pretty sure they've shot weddings. I'll contact them and see if they're free. They reached out to me and and she was like, babe, you shoot weddings, right? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. And you know what? It was one of the most stressful days of my life, that wedding. Yeah. I shot on turbo speed. Just to give you some perspective, if I shoot a wedding, I'll probably take around 3000 photos, but deliver anywhere from 800 to 1000 images. That day I took 6,000. I just, I just, I just needed to keep shooting. You know, I was in that mentality of like, if I just keep shooting, I won't miss any moments. And I definitely overshot, but I was operating on such a crazy adrenaline filled frequency that day. But do you know what? I learned so much. It was the best, most brutal steep learning curve ever. And you're so right, Revs, you do look at those momentous moments that are marked in time as like being pivotal. Yeah. And you know what wouldn't have helped anyone on that day? Like not wouldn't have helped an assistant of yours, wouldn't have helped the bride and groom, wouldn't have helped anyone if you were like, "Oh god, I don't know if I know what I'm doing. Ah, I'm nervous. This is my first. I just want to be really upfront. I don't have a clue what I'm doing." That just would have made it shit for everyone. Yeah. It's much better scenario for you to be like, "I'm fucking faking this, but I'm like a glidey duck with my legs going like this under the water, but I'm like smooth as silk on top and everyone yeah. feels good." You know, like it doesn't hurt anybody. And that's exactly what I did that day. I played it so cool. Like I knew exactly what I was doing. And inside I was panic stricken. (laughs) Dude, nine months ago, I started in an industry I've never worked in ever before in my whole life in a really senior role. (laughs) And I was like, I really want this job. I know I can do it. I think I can do it. I mean, like I had no actual evidence to prove that I could do this job, except that I'd done lots of other different jobs in different industries before. And the proof to me was like, well, I've never fucked up majorly in the past. So no reason why I can't do this again and I'm, I'm doing fine you but know so I just I marvel at how many people get through an interview process and then doubt themselves once yeah. they get the job like it's astounding to me because they have found some courage to get through an interview process because interview processes I think are scarier than the job yeah. themselves totally but yeah I mean hubs I've seen him do it as well in his own career where he jumps through all the hoops to get a job and then gets a job and he's like oh oh my gosh, I'm really doing this. Like I really got this role. And I'm like, babe, you've already won them over. Yeah, but you've got to deliver on your promise. It's a big deal. Cause you're like, the interview process is like dating. It's like, you've waxed everything. You know, you've dyed your hair, you've <laughs> blow dried your hair. You've got the best fucking outfit. Your tan is on. So you're catfishing them. You've got all your sparkling stories. of When you went traveling through Central South America, you got all the stuff going on and they're like, wow, this person's wonderful and sparkly. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to sit on the couch now and eat pizza and watch The Office. Like you're cool with the <laughs> (laughs) real me (laughs) 
you got to come through and deliver. So does that mean you need to reverse catfish, like bring your best average self to the interview and then over No, because you got to get the job. you got to get the job. Fake it till you make it. Just keep faking it till it doesn't feel fake anymore. One day it won't feel fake. One day you'll just be like, yeah, this is me. I do this now. Yeah, and all the feelings <laughs> you're harboring are those, I'm the new kid on the block feeling as yes. well to this job. There's a degree yeah, yeah, of yeah. that as well. The processes, the systems are new and you've got to adjust and acclimatize to all of that. And you know from history, from your previous experience in other jobs you've had, that three to six months in, you start to go, oh yeah, I know how things work around here. I got this. Yeah, you got this. You got this. I hope you all got this, DLs. Absolutely, especially because it's Friday. And it's been a short week, so it's like Friday's come back around real fast. Mm. So good. So So good. good. Well, Rebsy, we really got passionate there, didn't we? Yeah, nothing like a little bit of an ambitious work question to get you and me going. We firing on we all We love cylinders. an empowerment session, don't we, babe? <laughs> <laughs> we are like way too hypey hype girls for each we other really sometimes. Are. It's like, okay, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> we are each other's biggest cheerleaders. And <sighs> if either of us is ever feeling even an inkling of self-doubtiness before going into something really important, we'll be like, babe, you've got this you know oh my god like we are hilarious to each other in those situations I have to tell a little anecdote so when I went for a job recently Jem's one of my references because we've worked together on like 50,000 different projects since we were fucking 14 years old so she's one of my references and um when I got the job and I got in the onboarding session the head of HR was like I have never heard a reference like yours (laughs) She's like, and I have a few other hype girls on my reference list as well. And everyone just like really gushed about me. She's like, in my 25 years in human resources, I have never heard references like yours. And I was like, yeah, damn my hype girls. Yeah. And you know what? I meant every fucking word. Thanks, babe. You really made me sound good. And now I'm off to under deliver. <laughs> Stop reverse catfishing them, babe. I know, I know. All right, we've got to shut this down. Yeah, we really do. Have a great weekend, DLs. Love ya. Bye-bye. Bye.